everybody. Welcome back to Lipstick and Lightsabers. I am Shannon. And I'm Alex. And today we will be discussing Midnight Horizon, which is the book that is finally closing out phase one of the High Republic. First things first, uh, we do have some recommendations. So Marvelous Miss Maisel season four. We have four episodes. Yeah, this has been really good so far. Um, They're releasing two at a time, so it'll be over. I think they're doing 10 episodes or eight. I think so. Yeah, 10 or eight, somewhere in there. The first season was eight. The second season was shorter, but like the third season, I think, was eight again. Okay, so are we already halfway done then? I guess so. That's frustrating. (laughs) I know, because we haven't seen Milo yet, or Milo, if you say his name. Is he not Milo? Is it? I think it's Milo. I'm pretty sure it's okay. Milo. Yeah, we have not seen Milo yet, and that's um, upsetting. I really thought when she was in the park, because we saw those pictures, like, I thought that was well, the scene. that's the thing, is in episode two, there was also a scene in the park, but it ended up being a Susie scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got tricked before I saw Susie also. I thought that was going to be it. And then again, this, um, was it episode four? Yeah, it was episode four. Yeah, she's in the park, um, and I thought that was the moment, and it wasn't. Okay, but, like, he has to be a guy in the business, right? Like... Well, yeah, because the whole, the whole theme of this season is, like, Susie telling her that she needs to date someone in the business, but not a comic. Right. <laughs> like, eventual like, request. I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's got to be, like, a club owner, Which would be Mm. awesome because Joel is now a club owner. Either that or it's just all leading up to her being with Lenny Bruce, which uh, honestly I I would also be okay with. I Yeah, and like I love – so we both rewatched it recently. So Mm. there's uh, spoilers for I guess I think it's season three. Brief spoilers. There's that scene where like her and Lenny like almost hook up. And and it's kind of like – a rain check almost it's like it's they both know it's gonna happen yeah it's gonna happen like even if they don't end up together like it's still gonna happen or if it doesn't it'll be like the most like charged tension like all the way to the end which like I mean I thought it was gonna happen in the most in episode three because Lenny was in the episode yeah I mean the Paladinos are the long gamers yeah. Like, nobody long games <laughs> like the Paladinos, <laughs> let's be honest. So, I mean, I'm I'm looking. That's why I still, all the way through season three, I'm like, I feel like they're long gaming Joel still. Yeah. But well, in this season, I, I feel like, I really like Joel and May. I do. I, I agree with you. I really like May a lot. And also, Lenny is, like, a real person in history. Yes, yes. So, like... I don't think that they're going to be long game just because of, like, what happens to him in real life. What happens to him in real life? He, like, he dies. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if the show is actually going to get to that point because I think they're still, like, five years off of his death. Oh, snap. That's so yeah. sad. Because it's, like, 1960, right? Right, yeah. I think he dies in 65. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, if they do, I mean, that would be kind of a dark twist for the show, but I could see how them it would do something for Midge. Speaking of, I had no idea that the actor who played Jackie actually died in yeah, 2019. Until, yeah, until the credits rolled, and it was, like, yeah. for, for that actor's name. Yeah. Well, like, I was looking it up, because I'm like, that's so weird that he didn't come back, and I was like, oh my god, he died, like, years ago. Yeah. Like, that was so sad, especially because, you know, he was one of the, like, OG, like, Gilmore Girls actors. Uh, but this season is so good so far. It's so cute. I, <laughs> The parents, Abe and Rose, just, man. I don't know if there's someone funnier than Abe. No, he is just, he was going to sell out his best friend to the FBI because he kissed, like, he hooked up with his wife once. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, just... What an icon. His cape. Everything. <laughs> He's like, yeah, where's your reporter's hat or whatever? And it's like, well, it didn't go with this cape. The drama of him getting out of the cab in that cape. Like, yeah, that was he is the moment. Uh, just wow. This is so amazing. 
I we didn't put this in the notes, but I did want to say so. Alex has finally started Euphoria, which is a show oh. that is a little bit too lipstick and lightsabers after dark. Um, but I would still love to hear your thoughts. My thoughts. So I'm on episode six of season one. Oh snap! Yeah, I am stressed out. Oh yeah, <laughs> stressed. <laughs> I like my little Ruru, like my heart. Oh, she's um, she's gonna go through it. <laughs> my. I love Rue. I hate me. And like everyone keeps telling me they're like, just you wait. And I'm like, oh yeah, it gets me worse. getting worse. Oh, How it gets does worse. Get worse? <laughs> just you wait. It gets so much worse, Alex. Um, I like want so badly for Jules to think things through just a little bit harder. She never does. Never. Yeah. She has like one brain cell and <laughs> I don't know what that brain cell is ever doing. <laughs> I'm stressed out about her all the time. I saw a TikTok that was like, obviously we're all Lexi because nobody is nobody is identifying as these other euphoria characters. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love season one Cassie. Like she's just mm-hmm. I feel she just wants to be loved. Yeah. They're, oh man, they're all going through it in season two. Season two is, as of recording this, the la- the final episode is coming out tonight. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I need to, like, not see spoilers. Yeah. You picked a good time to binge it, though, because you're going to be able to just binge season yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, make sure you watch the special Rue and Jules episode, because they're important for season two. Wait, like, that's, they add, that's they like add context. a novella between the two. Yeah, there's, um, they had, like, a special, it was called Rue, and so it was, like, part one, and there was a special called Jules, and I watched Rue's episode when it came out, and it it's very heavy. It's literally just her and, um, have you met Ali? No. Okay, well, it's her and this guy, Ali, just, like, talking about, like, life, and it it's so heavy, but, like, it, it's really, really good. And because of that, I was like, I don't know if I can, like, watch the Jules one. I don't know if it's going to be the same. So I didn't. And I started season two. And I'm like, I feel like I missed something. And I went back. And honestly, that Jules episode is so good. It is so mind-blowing. It adds so much context. Like, definitely don't skip those two. Okay. <laughs> okay. It's just, hopefully wow. it's just, like, there in my viewing order. But I'll make sure. I also um, I also watched The Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Because I had like I like I got Crave, which is like in Canada and has all the HBO stuff. So like I have access to Warner Brothers stuff too. So I watched the Suicide Squad. It was very violent. Not sure it was necessarily for me, but I love the Harley parts. Like the Harley scenes are so great. Like she's amazing. Um and I really like the shark. Because I thought like I've heard really good things about Peacemaker, mm. the TV show. So I was like, maybe I should watch the Suicide Squad if I'm eventually gonna watch Peacemaker, which won't happen yet because I'm actually really into Euphoria. So like I'd rather <laughs> just like finish Euphoria first. The Harley Quinn parts are amazing. That's I good. Love it. Yeah. That's really good. You also watched House of Gucci. Because neither of us saw it in theaters. Right. Um it came out the same weekend as Encanto, and I opted to go see Encanto, and then that's when, like, the Omnicron wave really took off in North America. So I didn't go see another movie until, I think, like, No Way Home. Yeah, that sounds that. right. So I didn't end up seeing it. Um, it was finally available for, like, a normal price rental this week, because it wasn't a premium rental anymore. Um, and... I really enjoyed it. It's really <laughs> campy and, like, fun, and it's not necessarily, like, a perfect movie, but it is, like, a blast to watch. <laughs> it's, like, I had so much fun watching this movie. Adam Driver is just, like, so bashful. Like, he's just, like, I don't have a different word for it. He's just, like, all smiley and, like, Shy. That's so cute. And he's like so big and he bikes everywhere. He takes his bike everywhere, this character, and he's so big oh my on this God. bicycle. Oh yeah. my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I was talking about this before we started recording, but we, we almost started it. 
But then we watched Last Night in Soho instead, which was a repeat for me because we saw it before. But I, I do want to watch House of Gucci at some point because after hearing your review and like everybody else's, I'm like, OK, I, I think I should watch this movie. Yeah, it's really fun. <laughs> yeah. my, speaking of, though, my mom, every time we're on HBO, um, she keeps seeing The Last Duel and she's like, hey, that's Adam Driver. Why don't, don't we want to watch this? And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. I do not. I do not want to watch so, The Last Duel. get this. The Last Duel is on Disney Plus in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> but so is Pam and Tommy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I've been watching Pam and Tommy. I haven't watched The Last Duel. But yeah, <sighs> Pam and Tommy, The Last Duel. Like, I watched The French Dispatch on Disney Plus. It's so funny. Anyway, anyway, back to the back to the Star Wars. Uh, we do have, <laughs> we do have news. So Alex and I have both read Queen's Hope. Um, we are embargoed till March fifteenth, so we'll share yeah. more thoughts so as both, time comes. We both audio booked it. Yes, we did. Um, you read it in a day. I read it in two. Yeah, because, like, I just put it on while I was working, and I finished it in a work day. I will say it's an easy read, and it was. Better than I was expecting. Listen. <laughs> I, I see your face. Listen. We, we we all know what we were expecting. So. I guess. Okay. Yeah. It was no a book. Comment. No comment. No comment. Um, the Star Wars Cruiser, uh, the hotel experience, is open. The Halcyon. Halcyon. It's... I love seeing um, Charlotte and Caitlin, Skytalkers, yeah. all their coverage of it. it Honestly, like, listen, cringy of me, but it it looks so cool. <laughs> it does. They have a three-hour podcast out about it, and they have some really amazing TikToks. Yes. So please go check them out. They have, like, amazing coverage. Yes. I, I would not turn down an opportunity if I got to no. have that experience. And, like, I'm really wondering how the reviews are going to be, like, next week. Yeah. When the people who actually are paying for the experience go, because that'll be like the tell. Because it's it's a lot of money for two days. And you spend money <laughs> while you're there. Yeah. If you want to be outfitted like you fit in, if you want um, like alcoholic beverages, it's extra. There's like some activities that are like bonus charges. Yeah, it's um, it, it it is capitalism at its finest. <laughs> <laughs> but also, um, you know, apparently, little Ben Solo was conceived on this ship. So are we, you're you're taking us into the next piece of news, then? Yeah, let's take us into the next piece of news. Tell us about <laughs> it, Alex. The Princess and the Scoundrel by Beth Revis was announced. I think the day after we recorded it. Yeah, last like time. it always happens. <laughs> What's gonna be announced tomorrow? Uh, probably like Andor trailer. I think I think it's gonna be a Kenobi trailer. I just watch. I'm sure. Yeah, because like I saw. Um, forget. I think I I sent you this tweet, but it was someone tweeting about oh it's it's so great that it's the weekend or something. And I went to that person's profile and they were like the editor for like Disney trailers or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Something's going to happen. Like the second this episode comes out. Like, yeah. Watch us like log off. And like, actually we have like 10 notifications that the Kenobi trailer is out. Oh yeah. Um, I'm sure it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, princess and the scoundrel. It's a tie in novel for the Halcyon experience. It's like, so, like, I first started reading this, like, synopsis, and it's, like, post-Return uh, of the Jedi, Han and Leia get married on <laughs> on Endor. <laughs> Somehow the Ewoks are involved in her wedding dress and the wedding itself, and I'm like, that's amazing. Like, I'm, like, very excited. Oh, yeah. And then you... Then you read a little bit more, and it's like they and they go on their honeymoon to the house you're on, and I lost it. Like I'm like this. This is synergy at its finest. Oh yeah. Um, I'm really excited about this book. I know that people I, I are honestly... rolling their eyes over the fact that it's like the house you're on, but like I'm so excited. I think this book is going to be a ton of fun. I think that 
if they make references to the courtship of Princess Leia, it's going to be even more fun. I think that they should just fully embrace that, like, the vibe I'm getting from this is Ewoks movie meets courtship. <gasps> like, lean yes. into that campiness. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, like, I really, I really hope that they do. Like, I hope that it's not too serious. I really want that vibe from Star yeah. Wars. Like, camp. Like, bring me the camp, you know... This is going to be an adult novel also. It's going to be published under Del Rey, which means that are we going to get sexy times in Star Wars? Are we going to see the conception? The conception of Ben Solo. (laughs) Um, I don't know if it's funnier that he's conceived on the Halcyon, which people pay so much money to go on, or if it would have been funnier if he had been conceived in a treehouse on Indoor. Like, it's just... Yeah, my headcanon was always the Falcon. That's true. Like, that was, like, always my headcanon, but this is this will be fun. Um, yeah. I'm into it. I'm, like, really... And I'm really into, like, Han and Leia's banter, like, around this time, too. Like... It's really exciting. It'll be before um, Aftermath, which Leia especially has a pretty big role in the second two books. So that'll yeah. be really cool. And that's when she has, she gives birth, you know, yeah. so that really moves up that timeline. Mm-hmm. I like, I've seen a lot of people point out that like, Leia would never step away from the war to go on a honeymoon. I mean... The war is, like, mostly over. Like, we know that, like, the politics-wise, it was, like, still not quite over. I really, like, I'm really excited, though, to see how they explain that. Like, if, like, Han, like, kind of convinces her to go on, like, a two-day trip. I I really want to know, like, from what I've seen of the Halcyon, like, can you imagine Han Solo on this bougie cruise ship? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> or, like, the line dancing. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm, it looks hilarious. I I kind of wish that they, like, went full camp and there was even, like, the excursion to Batu, you know, or whatever, like. Yeah, like, do you think that the house, like, on, in this case, the cruiser will go somewhere else? Like. Probably. Like, a different planet. I wonder Mm -hmm. where. I don't know. I'm into it, though. But one other book. Uh, So we did get a cover reveal for Padawan, which is by Kirsten White, the Obi-Wan novel. And a new, maybe, synopsis for it. It seems a little bit different than the synopsis we had before. Yeah, I think originally we didn't know that, like, like, Qui-Gon Jinn was just going to be, like, gone. I'm honestly fine with. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, like, I don't know how I feel about this book. I I think Obi-Wan's going to lose his virginity. You think so? I'm kind yeah. of getting the, like, I'm not going to lie, like, I'm putting in the vibe that this is going to be low YA. I mean, I agree with you because it's like, wow, like, what fun. But yeah. there's, like, such an opportunity for her to lean into a higher YA and... I them to just like, be like I like it's like the 70s this. and they're like you know free love and drugs and yeah like, like can we please pull back star wars ya to lost stars please like it just feels like lately it's been low ya yeah like i was really it? hoping when they announced kirsten white that it was going to be more anti darken and less uh Guinevere Deception, but I think it's going to be more Guinevere Deception, which is her low <laughs> YA, which is unfortunate because, I mean, those books had potential, but they were just so fluffy. So, yeah. Do you think that um, Padawan, like this uh, book from Kirsten White, will become like the next trilogy of YA books after since Queen's Ooh. Hope is going to end? Like, I think that would be really interesting. I'm into that, especially if it follows the same kind of scheme where it kind of goes within his life throughout the yeah, films. Because That'd be I really would cool. Like to see Satine. I mean, yes. Listen, if the first book has to be low YA so that the second book can be we meet Satine and it's a high YA, like I'm fine with that. Yeah, because like that's the that's like what I've been questioning. Like why are why is this book not Satine? 
We is it because to, it's going to be build. a trilogy? Like that—that's what I mean. Like, it, like you need to give me a trilogy if we're not doing Satine yet. I'm totally here for that. Now that you said that too, like the covers, the art style is very similar. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. I would, I would love that, especially if it is Kirsten White, because I, I do like her as an author, um, and she has it in her to write some really gritty you know like war and angst and all of that like her in attack of the clones would probably be really really cool or even just like clone wars era stuff so that i'm i'm very into that still think he's gonna lose his virginity though 100 percent, 100 percent. he's gonna return to the jedi a change he's at man. least gonna like kiss he's at least oh, yeah. gonna kiss someone so i think with that we're ready to move into midnight horizon by daniel jose older so before we get into spoilers, let's just hear some initial thoughts. So what did you think? Um, I think that I know Jose Older has like a really great grasp on like characters and like the way they interact. Like they just the interactions, like just like human, like like conversations, connections between characters always feel really like natural and genuine in books he writes. Mm-hmm. I feel and that. And I think. And I think that maybe, like, with The Fallen Star being so plot-heavy, it was really nice to get a break from that and get, like, some nice character stuff. Yeah, I, I like that a majority of this book is kind of Wreath and Ram just having an adventure mm-hmm. and just, like, even Wreath says it, like, he just needs time to be a teenager sometimes. And I do like that Daniel, like, gives him that chance to just kind of be a teenager and just kind of have fun. I was find I was finding myself wishing that it was a little bit angstier, but that's just me, you know. Yeah. I have to have a little bit of angst. It is it is a fluffy book, not as fluffy yeah, as others. It's very young. Like it's very young. It, it, it gives a very like two like two teenage boys like on this adventure kind of thing. Yes. Um yes. Which I kind of think that if that's what it was, because, like, it is. Like, I kind of wish that it had leaned more into that, because I do think you get into Comac and, like, Cantum's side, who are, like, the mm-hmm. seasoned masters, and it's a little bit different. But at the same time, like, I love that side of the story, because that's yeah. where the angst is. Yeah. Like, Cantum's, like, all their flashbacks. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Listen, <laughs> I already liked Cantum, like, the first time I heard about them, and then them getting a POV in this book was awesome. And I was thinking about it later and just the way we see their struggle with attachments versus Comax versus wreaths versus zines. Like I, I do really like the dialogue that was going on there. Uh, one thing I will say without spoilers is that personally, I would read this book before the fallen star. Yeah. I feel like, even though the last note of this book really does feel like we're passing off into phase two, I think this book gives you that weight that you need to go into the Fallen Star because the Fallen Star just feels so empty as like you're watching things happen. And this one, especially seeing the reaction to what's happening from like the outside, I think knowing that going into it just adds another like layer I think that would have helped a little bit. Is there anything um, else spoiler-free before we move into spoilers? No, I think I'm good. Okay. So, I guess first things first, um, Ram coined the term wizard. Yeah, that's like early on in this book. (laughs) Um, I think it's hilarious that not only does like Anakin use it like over like hundreds of years later... But also Din Djarin. <laughs> that was such, like, a great... That is one good thing about, like, this book coming out when it did. Because I saw Wizard, and I was like, oh, that's so funny. You know, we just saw it in the book of Boba Fett. And then, like, nobody knows what he's talking about. And I'm like, oh, my God. Like, he's the one who started... He made Fetch happen. Like, <laughs> I, that was so funny. But kind of like you said, you know... I think Daniel Jose Older just has such a good job of letting these kids be kids because Wreath mm-hmm. and Ram go with their masters to Corellia. They got this anonymous tip um, from a girl named Crash who was trying to find her missing friends. And like 
them and Crash just, like, what a trio. Like, they're just having a fun time. And you put this in here. I didn't know that she's named after Alyssa Wong. Yeah, so apparently Alyssa Wong's nickname is Crash. That's and so Alyssa fun. Wong, yeah, and Alyssa Wong is writing the Afro comics right now. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. I really liked Crash. She was a fun character. Mm-hmm. And of course, Wreath has a crush on her. Wreath <laughs> <laughs> <Reith> always. <laughs> he has a crush in every single book that he's in. It's at this point, it's like maybe Nan really isn't a ship. It's just that he falls in love with everybody. But like, I love that ship. I do love that ship because it's enemies to lovers. Like I want Nan and him. Okay, but like, there's this awesome part. Did I highlight it? I don't know if I highlighted it. But he's like thinking about you know like can I trust Crash because like obviously. I like her because she's pretty and she's not pretty in a Vernestra way because Vernestra is like beautiful and sure of herself and blah, blah, blah. But she's pretty in a Nan way. I'm not supposed to like Nan and blah, blah, blah. Like just the way he thinks about it. I was like, this boy. He's a mess. He's a mess. (laughs) I just I couldn't believe it. Oh, here it is. Here it is. His instinct says she was all right, and he was pretty sure that wasn't just because she was good looking. He hoped it wasn't anyway. He'd been fooled by good looks and an easy smile before, duped into telling a Nile operative way too much about the Jedi Order. Like, <laughs> our sweet boy. <laughs> he literally is the dumb boy who can be tricked by, like, a girl who's batting her eyelashes. <laughs> that's just so cute that reminds me of like the scene in hercules when pain and panic are like the girl pegasus yes oh my god <laughs> that is wreath yeah needs a damsel in distress to save oh my gosh and i love how like he's like we're not supposed to have attachments. So maybe if I just embrace the fact that I have crushes and then just let them go, then, like, it's fine. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> boy, this child, this poor sweet child. But I really do like, though, that Wreath has an arc. Like, I feel like by the end of this YA novel, it feels like Wreath really did have a full arc. He went from yeah. that boy who was afraid to leave the library yeah. to being knighted. Yeah, and it's I I always was under the impression that potentially Reese would leave the Jedi. Yes. Before being knighted. Yes. And like he really like this is really a coming of age story for him. Yeah, I'm very excited to see him and Vernestra in like whatever they do next because they'll both be knights now like they'll both be back on that same level he'll definitely feel like more equal to her i think yeah because i think before he he did kind of struggle with like she's my eight like he's older than her and Mm -hmm. you know they're so similar but he was still a padawan and she was a knight so i do think that'll be interesting how old is he in this book is he like 20 uh how old was he when we started it's been about a year if he's He's a year older than Vernestra. How how much older? Uh, she was so she was sixteen in the first book. Yeah, and I, I think thought it's she been... was like nineteen. No, last... no, 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 no. She's not that old. No, she was like seventeen. So oh, okay. I, th- I think he he's probably like eighteen, nineteen, somewhere in there. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. I do think that out of all of our higher public characters, Wreath and Vernestra really do feel like they've gone on this journey they've grown yeah Yeah. i i do think you see that from avar um mostly just in the comics though and i do think you see it from elzar too but they're like they got that arc for this side Mm -hmm. of the story well with the reef like there's an actual like ceremony for him yeah to signify that like you really like see it play out Mm. yeah i i really love that we do get to see that. Yeah, he got his little braid cut off. Oh my gosh. It had always been a question for us too, because like we talked about, like, would we actually see him be knighted? Would we go into the next phase? And he, you know, time passed and he was knighted. So I, I like that they did give him that moment. Because mm-hmm. I do think that he has come so far and the way that 
he thinks about things like even the way he thinks about starlight beacon like he didn't even want to be there and now it's his home and spoilers for fallen star but when he sees it fall like he just it really changes something within him and i'm excited to see what our surviving jedi do in the wake of this crisis yeah like their home is destroyed yeah like Like, i never thought about it like that yeah because like I don't know why, but Starlight Beacon was basically, like, a Jedi temple that, like, Jedi were living mm-hmm. at. And I never thought about it like that. I just yeah. kept thinking of it like a space station. And, like, for Reef, like, initially he didn't want to go. He wanted to stay in the library. Yeah. Um, but he grew past that. Yeah. Like, and now what? Reef from Into the Dark never would have gone to Corellia and, like, gone undercover as this weird child assassin. Like, <laughs> this is just the cutest thing. I I love them so, so much. I also really like Ram in this book. I feel like he does have a little bit of a story as well. Because in the beginning, he talks about how he feels nothing. And that was mm-hmm. really interesting to me. He, just, he says that he's so empty. Like, he doesn't feel the highs. He doesn't feel the lows. Like, he just feels nothing. I think it's, like, you know, it's part, like, them being just, like, desensitized yes. to everything. Which I think really goes into, like, I keep thinking about, like, the Jedi weren't supposed to be, like, fighting wars. Like, they're peacekeepers. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not they're not warriors. Yeah. And I, I think that our Jedi are feeling that. And yeah. I, I can feel... Like, the shift coming to, like, the Phantom Menace era Jedi. Yeah, like, all the rules, like, the strictness of it, like, the Yoda scenes in this book. I was so aware of how Yoda was acting in this book, because I'm, like, watching it. I'm like, okay, so how did you go from teaching you know, Cantum, that they could walk away and still come back to Those scenes are so powerful. Like... Oh, what's going to happen to him to make him yeah. embrace that rigidity? I never thought I'd be so interested in a Yoda arc. Yoda. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so where sh- do we want to talk about Comac? Do we want to talk about Cantum, Lula, and Zine? I what- love the Cantum scene. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just... We get a lot of um, kind of like flashbacks for Cantum. Mm-hmm. When they uh, ended up leaving the order, um, and like we were just mentioning that they had conversations with Yoda, and Yoda kind of said, "Like, it's up to you. It's a decision that you have to make." Right. Kind of thing. Um, and they do end up leaving, and they meet um, a character from the circus. <laughs> they join the circus. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like, like really like you can't get more um cliche than like dropping out and joining the circus it was so <laughs> funny because like i did you also get like really strong like greatest showman rewrite the yeah. stars <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah they well because they start with seeing the show and they they see this boy and they know immediately that like they're feeling something that, like, Jedi aren't supposed to really deal with. They're not able to let these emotions go. And after talking to Yoda, like, they leave it all behind for him. Mm-hmm. And I think their relationship was just so beautiful. It was really sweet just mm-hmm. to see their interactions. I, I really, really liked showing that Jedi, like, the way Jedi can handle emotions like, I I can't remember exactly how they put it, how Yoda put it in that scene. I don't know if I highlighted it or not. But it was like, you know, you feel those emotions and you allow yourself to feel them. Like, you feel all that love, <laughs> you feel that pain, you feel that grief. But, like, to be a Jedi, you feel it and you let it go. Like, you don't let it but consume. Why, now, why has Yoda's tune changed on that? I know, because Yoda preaches that. So yeah. why was he telling Anakin, like, just no, just you can't do that. Like It's crazy. <laughs> I just oh, here it is. Yeah. So 
he he compares it to the wind. He says, very like the wind, our feelings are. The wind touches us, we experience it, it is real, but it passes. So too do our feelings. But sometimes there is a hurricane. The winds are so strong that they lift us, carried away we can be. That is so intense. Like, that is so powerful. And yet... Mm-hmm. I, I just constantly wonder, like, if Anakin had been given that choice to, like, walk away yeah. from a, for a minute, then things would have been so different. Yeah, like, Yoda's basically saying, like, yes, acknowledge your feelings, but don't, you know, don't dwell on them. Yeah, because the tune in, you know, the prequels is very much just don't do acknowledge, acknowledge it. <laughs> don't acknowledge no, it like because it if you do, exist. it'll consume What you. feelings? Yeah. What feelings? We don't have feelings in the Jedi. We put them right here and then we die. <laughs> <laughs> I love that because to me in this book, there's really a story of like these three instances with Jedi attachment and like with Cantum, they walked away from the order. They weren't sure if it was for them. They're feeling these feelings. Things don't work out, but it brings them to their Padawan. Yeah, and it brings them back. And with Lula and Zine, which is a ship that I love so much, I think they're kind of going through the same thing. Like, Zine isn't a Jedi, Mm -hmm. but Lula is. Yeah, like, Lula's Lula's where Cantum was when they were young. Oh my gosh, the angst at the end, because Lula, like, went to Starlight. So it's like, is she... Zine is gonna find her. The angst there, like Zine is going to find her. I believe it. I, I love the idea that Zine is this force user that's not part of the Jedi, but she's in love with the Jedi. And it just, uh, I'm so ready for that. I want to go back and read the adventure comics now because I want to see like their whole story because mm-hmm. they were in I, Race to Crash Point Tower. I was gonna say like I do feel like I missed some information for them mm-hmm. because of those comics. I mostly, what I feel like I'm missing is just, like, the Nile stuff. Because there mm-hmm. was, like, that confrontation, which probably had more weight if you'd read the comics. With their relationship, I do think Daniel Jose Older did a pretty good job of giving you what you need. But I want more. I want to <laughs> I want to feel that angst. Like, I want it to hurt yeah, more. you want the pain. <laughs> hurt me Give more. Me pain. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like, so in one instance, love, like, brought them back, like, that changed their feelings, and another, like, it's going to bring them back together, but then with Comac, when he feels Orla die, like, that's it for him. Yeah. I just... I, I'll be honest, like, I, through this book, I thought Comac was gonna die. Hmm. Okay. I was scared about him. <laughs> but luckily he did not die. Yeah. I, ever since the Into the Dark, when mm-hmm. he talks to Wreath and he's like, you know, I'll take you in, but, like, I'm not sure of my path either. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, maybe they're both going to leave the Order together. Yeah. But I knew that at some point Comac was probably going to walk away, but I didn't think it was going to be in this book. Like, mm-hmm. I was shocked when it happened. Like, he, Wreath is knighted, and he's like, all right, I, you know, I've I guided you, job. I did my job, I'm done. Like, I'm, and he leaves. And mm-hmm. I really love that arc with him, because in the first one with Orla, like, he really struggles with the fact that Orla left the Order and, like, became yeah. a way seeker. And I don't know if that's what he's doing, if he'll find his way back. Do you... Do you think that he feels like, you know, it's almost like the Jedi being, like, being part of the Jedi killed her? Yes, I do. Because, like, she was not a Jedi, and then she gets involved with the Jedi for this. Yes. For this book. Yes. And she dies. Yes, I do. I I 100% do. Because you're right, like, she wasn't with the Jedi, and then she gets back into the fight, Um, She's in the comics a little bit, and then she ends up traveling around, and she finds herself back on Starlight. And if she had never come back, then she would still be alive. I do think that Comac blames the Order for that. I think he was already struggling with his own beliefs. Um, It almost makes me want to reread Into the Dark specifically for his parts. 
but I I really do think that his is going to be the story of maybe falling to the dark side. I I Are think we've been looking in all the wrong places. Like we say this every time, like who's gonna fall to the dark side? And now I'm think I'm looking at Comac and I'm like, that's very like Ray post troughs. I mean, he's out of all of our characters, like he's the one who's had like that brush with the dark side when the Drin gear first came, and like they found those mm-hmm. relics. Yeah, I kind of love that. Yeah, what if he's lo- consumed with trying idea. to like bring her back? because uh, like we had wondered that with like maybe Avar dying and that happening like with Elzar and like that's not the way it went I just he's so Comac is in the hurricane like he is being controlled by his emotions do you think that we will get more information in the next phase like going back in time more information that could foreshadow that I think so Because Yoda seems to know something that we don't, like, from the ending of this book. Like, he keeps Mm -hmm. talking about, like, you know, we need to look back into the past. Like, there's no time. Like, there's something happening. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, wherever he went in the adventure comics, like, he he figured something out. So, I do think it's going to be leading up to that. Especially with, like, the leveler. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, here's here's the thing. (laughs) The the leveler is not what those things are called. Is, do they ever specifically say what those things are called in Fallen Star? No. Okay, so this is another reason why I feel like you need more information before Fallen Star. Because those those things are more terrifying than we thought they were. And I think that phase two is going to really dive into that dive into that yes because i keep i kept hearing people refer to the nameless like even when we were watching the like the author interviews like when they were talking about phase two they mentioned like what's scarier the nile or the nameless and i'm like what's the nameless that's what it is but do you remember um master and apprentice and all of the prophecies in that book was one of them about the nameless yeah (gasps) which one Three prophecies. There's also a reference to it in Dooku Jedi Lost. Ooh. Um, which is Cabin. Yes. Um, so the reference in Dooku Jedi Lost is that his classmates were often swapping tales of the nameless or whatever a phantasmagoria. Oh, fa- phantasmagoria. Had, yeah. Had seized their overactive imaginations oh okay so then here's the nameless prophecy from master and apprentice the danger of the past is not past but sleeps in an egg when the egg cracks it will threaten the entire oh wait that's not yeah i was gonna say that's the egg (laughs) that's the egg one we talked about the egg one i know we we were convinced that? that palpatine was the egg okay no this it's a it's a reddit post they think that the egg the egg prophecy is actually about the nameless. I mean, I could see that, though, because that's something that Yoda kept saying, that, you know, like, about the past. So, like, the danger of the past is not past. That makes sense, though, because... So, Trail of Shadows wrapped up, and that's where you get what the nameless are. It's, like, fully explained. You even see what they look like to a non-Force user a little bit. Because if you're not Force-sensitive, they don't affect you. So it really is, like, a foe only for the Jedi. And I feel like knowing that, and from the panels that have already been previewed for the end of the High Republic run, knowing that and then going into Fallen Star, I think is the way to go. Okay, I did find a prophecy with the name list. Okay. Okay, it actually exists. Only through sacrifice of many Jedi will the Order cleanse the sin done to the Nameless. Oh, wow. So that that is and phase then, two. And then that goes in, I think that goes into the danger of the past is not past, but sleeps in an egg. When the egg cracks, it will threaten the entire galaxy. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my gosh, because that was Claudia. And then yeah. Kevin. Oh, look at them go. 
I'm Look so, at them putting little seeds. I'm so glad that that was about High Republic and not about Palpatine. <laughs> we were, we, we were, were so, like, so we into these so prophecies. <laughs> so deep. <laughs> so deep. We were so off. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, so. So, like, that would be why we're going back in time in phase two, because we're going to see the sin, the original sin. The, the original sin. <laughs> <laughs> And then phase three, many Jedi will die, I'm assuming. But not Stellan Geos. You can... I... He's not dead. I'm sorry. He's not dead. This is my um, bi-weekly announcement that Stellan Geos is alive and well. And he's fine. He's just taking a little nap. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Taking a little nap at the bottom of the ocean. He's fine. (laughs) He's tired, okay? He went through a lot. Maybe Comac will find him. I would love that story. And they're like dark side brothers. L- listen, I knew they made. I knew they made Stellan the sexy one for a reason. You know how hot he would be as a dark sider. Like, <laughs> could you imagine the red eyes? Like the just like kind of like messy hair. Like the hair. Like he can kind of like get his hair along out of control. Black robes. I mean. Red lightsaber. Like, especially Just, like, with... kind of bags under his eyes. <laughs> Get you a man who's messy. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, especially considering Vernestra was his Padawan, and now she's kind of gone on this, like, mystic journey within, like, yeah. herself and hyperspace. Like, that well, would... That's almost like a reverse Anakin and Obi-Wan at that point. I was going to say Anakin Ahsoka. Ooh. Twilight, Twilight of, of the, the Apprentice. Apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Could, oh, my gosh. Could you imagine? <laughs> Listen, like, Star Wars is so good. When it really tries. When it tries. Like, <laughs> or I guess when it's not trying so hard. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, like, so into the higher public right now. It is just, it's my favorite place to be. I do think that sometimes the storytelling within the books can be a little all over the place. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really loved A Midnight Horizon, but, like, this stuff is, like, on the edges. Like, the story is mostly, like, the yeah. fun times in Corellia and, like, Crash and her team and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, the lore, chef's yeah. kiss. I still think The Rising Storm is my favorite book. I agree. I, I think Out of the Shadows is mine, but Dark um, Rising Storm is definitely my second favorite. Cav. Cav. But, I mean, like, looking at the next books, though, like, Path of Deceit. Yeah. Justina. Path of Deceit. There's no Cav in this list. You know Cav has to be somewhere. He's cooking something up. He's giggling. I thought that he's doing the comics. We just don't have it written down. Oh, is so the the next like phase of Higher Public? Maybe. (laughs) I think the only thing they announced was Quest of the Jedi. Oh, Quest of the Jedi. Which I will say, so at the end of Trail of Shadows. There was like a, you know, so the story continues in Quest of the Jedi. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming that Quest of the Jedi is like the adventure comics. Well, not the adventure comics because like tra- Trail of oh, Shadows Quest of wasn't. The Jedi was, yeah, that was Marvel. Yeah, it was still Marvel. So it's going to fit, I think, in that kind of mold. Um, mm-hmm. This, when this comes out, the final issue of this run of Higher Public will be out the next day. So on March 2nd. And issue two of Eye of the Storm. So there could be, like, a thing in that, like, the adventure continues in whatever by Kevin Scott. Um, we just haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm really excited for the finale of the Higher Public comics. It, like, this final chapter, we're in Jedi's End, has been my favorite. Like, issues 11 through 15. It's just so, so good. Ooh. Like... Honestly, like, even if you're not a comic reader, the Higher Public comics just add a lot to the story, and I I, I have really been enjoying reading so, them. 
It should the like final issue be Starlight? Like, are they? Is that yeah? Where it they is? they arrived on Starlight um, in issue fourteen. Um, okay. We we already got to see a little bit of like what's going on in like the top part of Starlight, mm-hmm. and so I'm assuming that we'll get to see the rest of it because we got to see her showdown with Lorna D. And ooh. Avar almost ooh. I don't know if you want spoil- spoilers, but Avar like almost went dark. That's not that's not the spoiler. Like there's there's a spoiler, but like is she wow. Wow. I love I love this woman and I think Elzar doesn't understand that she is capable of a lot more than he he seems to think. Yeah, do you do you think that he doesn't really know her after after the comics and like knowing like the way his thoughts were in Fallen Star. It's like my sweet Avar. Yeah. it's always like my darling, my sweet Avar. You know, I I think no, he doesn't really know her, and I. It's not that I think that he wouldn't accept her, but I do think that maybe Avar has grown out of him. Hmm. Maybe that's a really interesting take. Like. Her not being the girl like he remembers. Yeah, she she's changed a lot in this war. Honestly, it does kind of remind me of like the Jedi and the Clone Wars because, like, her and Stellan were like out here like on these front lines fighting the fight, and Elzar was basically you know like on his on retreat. retreat. Yeah, yeah. So I think he missed. Like, he comes back and he doesn't understand really what's going on with Stellan and Avar and why they're at odds. And they're at odds because they have very different opinions on how this war should be fought. And it's yeah. it's very obvious. And I'm glad that she survived because she... I, I She needs to be back in the text, like, in the actual books. I want to see, yeah. like, her point of view it's so bad. It's frustrating not to get her point of view in the books. Mm-hmm. It, I'm so I don't know why they decided to only really have her in the comics because like the comics are Keeve's story and like Keeve is like the comic book character but they also pushed Avar in as well so it just leaves a lot to be desired like in the actual books mm-hmm. so I'll be interested to see how they do that when the story continues which still, like, is phase two all in the past? Is it going to skip around? Like, you know, Star Wars doesn't always have to be told linearly, you know? Like, yeah. how's this going to go? I definitely, like, I feel very weird about it being 150 years because it's like they just made us so attached to all these characters. Yeah. I I feel like, I still think that phase one is going to be 150, or not phase one, wave one will be like 150 years and then, like, wave two will be our young, you know, Jedi. You think it's going to come do. forward that much? I I think maybe. <laughs> but, like, very obviously, wave three is going to be final battle territory, Revenge of the Sith territory type of thing. So they can't get too Wait. close. Or oh, not wave three, like, phase three. Phase, yeah. yeah. The wave and the phase gets me confused, but... So, like, wave two, or phase two, they're clearly, like, taking a step back and, like, giving us more information to get us ready for, like, final endgame stuff that'll happen, you know, over the next couple of years. It's just wild. It's wild. (laughs) (laughs) So, we kind of got off on a little bit of a tangent there with just High Republic in general, but is there anything else specifically about Midnight Horizon? No, I think we... We covered it pretty well. Yeah. I'm... This is, like, kind of our, our finale to phase one. <laughs> well... Like, it's... I mean, if if you go back and read the comics, we can always do an episode okay. about the comics. <laughs> okay. I didn't catch up. <laughs> or Trail of Shadows. Trail of Shadows is pretty good. Marky Mark. Did you read the first Eye of the Storm? No. <gasps> Alex. Um, <laughs> Marky Mark and all his glory... I have a lot of questions about Marky Mark and how he found the nameless. It's a lot of things happening. But yeah, this this has closed out phase one. I I think I still think Fallen Star was supposed to be like the book to end on, but I like that yeah. for the sake of like our experience, it got to end on like a kind of a higher note. Cause this book was so much fun 
And it's like a return to that kind of storytelling that we were looking for a little bit. Mm -hmm. For some reason, though, they've always been releasing the YA books like a month later. It's kind of like not even to do with the order. It's just like the pattern they've been doing. I don't know if it's before it did have to do with the order because... I, I've gone through and I'm like, I think this is like a, a reading order for it. And I feel like each wave starts with the adult novel, except for wave three. I feel like wave three. You, you just think doesn't. it always goes adult, middle grade, YA? I think for wave, so for wave one, it goes like adult, you can read middle grade or YA, it doesn't really matter. Then it goes into the first two chapters of the comic. And that's wave one. And then Rising Storm happens. And then you go from that right into middle grade. And then you go back into comics. You go into Tempest Runner. You get Trail of Shadows. Then you get Out of the Shadows. Then you get, I think, Mission to Disaster is what starts wave three. And the beginning of Jedi's End for Mm -hmm. the comics. And then Midnight Horizon. And then Fallen Star is what I think. Mm. Interesting. I wonder if they'll ever release, like, an official order. I don't know. That'd be interesting. Because, like, to me, that's more, like, timeline order. Mm -hmm. And Star Wars being what it is, like, they tend to release things and then go back and explain. So, like, it makes sense. Like, StarWars.com has released a timeline order for Clone Wars. True. Like, you can go on their website and they have, like, the viewing order chronologically for Clone Wars. Like, they could... They could put it out. But yeah, so we have to do an episode of Loki. And that works out perfectly because we don't really have anything until Celebration, Brotherhood, you know, getting in there, those times. Celebration? Wow. I know, because Celebration is Obi-Wan. Just a reminder, guys, Alex and I will be there. Celebration, we're a little... Questionable? We're a little nervous about being in the convention center. Well, also, because the CDC this week announced that, like, most healthy people do not need to mask anymore. Yeah. Makes me nervous about Reed Pop dropping the mask mandate for the event. Yes. Yeah. Even though, like, I emailed Reed Pop, like, a few weeks ago and asked them about vaccine mandate or mask mandate. They told me that there was going to be a mask mandate. Now I'm worried that it's going to get pulled back. They... I know that they'll probably just go with whatever America's doing, but, like, they have to understand with their international folks, like, they have different guidelines and they have to fly and just... Yeah, well, I mean, like, yeah, like, the Canadian government is kind of just, like, well, if you're ever traveling, like, you you should do what is comfortable for you and everything, (laughs) but I'm, like... Guys, don't you guys remember when you were telling everyone that you were masking for other people and not for yourself? Like, right. what happened to that? What happened to that? Yeah, no, that's gone out the window because masking was infringing on our freedom, you know? <laughs> so. Yeah. So, like, we are going to be in California. We'll yeah, be in Anaheim. we'll be there. We will, we will be at Disney, regardless. Mm-hmm. I did get some N95 masks, so. Oh, nice. Those should be good. I might not wear, like, I think I'm going to wear them on the plane and potentially in the convention center, but Disneyland is a lot of outdoors, so maybe yeah, I'll be okay there, but I'm yeah, glad I, I have those. I'm definitely up for double masking in the convention center and all that kind of stuff, because mm-hmm. it'll just be a lot of close quarters, um, but yeah. we did buy our flights, so we will be there. We'll and be around. And tickets. Yeah. <laughs> and our tickets. We're, we're ready. <laughs> we're, we're ready. I put in my time off for work, she's like, oh, where are you going? And I'm like... Disneyland. She's like, oh, have fun. <laughs> like, yeah, you I don't understand. I will have fun. Yeah, no, we're going to have fun. I'm so, I'm so excited just to see everybody. But before that, we will get, what is it, Brotherhood, which is mm-hmm. May 5th. Um, Queen's Hope officially releases April 5th. We will probably do a brief review in our news portion. Yes. I I don't think we're going to have a whole episode about it. There's not a ton to say. Um, but yeah, we will we will share our thoughts. Um, Stories of Jedi and Sith, June 7th, will be in Obi-Wan territory, um, in the middle of Obi-Wan by that point. Uh, Shadow of the Sith, I don't think we're going to read. That's the Ochi book. Oh, no. <laughs> and then Padawan. 
July 26th. And then after that, we must be in and or higher public something around there. Yeah. And then whenever Bad Batch comes out. If it ever does. <laughs> we'll probably hear about Mando here soon, too. Season three. Yeah. yeah. I think that'll be more like late fall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll come out around then. But I feel like we're going to hear about it at celebration mm-hmm. time. But I do think that's going to do it for this episode of Lipstick and Lightsabers. If you'd like to keep the conversation going, you can find us pretty much always on Twitter at lip underscore lightsaber. I am at McCarter Shannon and Alex is at Alex Leonis. And we will see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.